Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Orders now is brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas. Yeah, Alberta's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Uh, it only took me uh, 12 and a half years on this show, but I figured out how to get the text messaging out myself without needing Brendan to come over. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Uh, get the new floors you always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors uh, at 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, where we hooked up with Al Mays at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And we'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift cards to the Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Tapanyaki Steak Restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca. Don and his staff at Japanese Village will look after you. In studio, uh, two guys that have won multiple national championships as both players and as a management-slash-coach team. Uh, we welcome back to the show the GM of the Golden Bears program, Stan Menarple, and former Edmonton Oilers player and coach and the head coach at the University of Alberta, Ian Herbers. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good, Bob. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Good to see you, Bob. Yeah. Do you mean it, Stan? <laughs> <laughs> so th- let's get right to it. Uh, you guys were driving in and we were talking to Al May about the game. And, and just, just so our listeners are available, Stan, you... Uh, before playing at the University of Alberta, you, you were in, in junior A and had over 300 penalty minutes one year. You had a very specified role. Is that a fair... And, and that role after you played at the U of A over in Europe for a number of years where you were, for, uh, you know, a guy that... Were you... An, can you be an enforcer in European hockey or... Uh, you can in the British League, I believe. Yeah, it's... Uh people always say to me what was it like playing in Britain and I tell them it was like if you took the movie Slapshot and moved it to Europe it'd be kind of similar yeah and for you Ian uh, dating back to your major junior and you're a huge man like Stan would be an undersized pugilist whereas you well you I've told you this I've been the second smallest defenseman with the Islanders when I was with them so you were this there was was that when Chara was there Chara's rookie year Karn B-Ron uh, uh Me- Mezzi. Mezzi, yeah. Mezzi, yeah. Yeah. Not not Messi, Mezzi. Yeah. So was it Brandislav or whatever his name was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was so it's six foot five. I mean, you were a year uh younger than me and, and I I remember you know, you know, you in Sherrod Park and you used to just scare the hell out of the guys at the Southside Athletic Club and then you ended up in junior at sixteen years of age. Um 
you knew what part of your job was, and you know you worked your way into the National Hockey League out of the Golden Bears program. So I'll start with you. Your thoughts on how the game has changed. Uh, you coached in, as a head coach in the AHL, assistant coach in the NHL. Is there a place for the players to place themselves in the National Hockey League? Yeah, but uh, I really enjoy the way the game is now, the speed, the skill. Uh, a lot of guys that played back then, you know, struggled or maybe didn't play as long, would have had a more chance here. But there definitely is an opportunity for guys. Like Wilson, every time he played for the Capitals when I was coaching against him, he was a factor on the ice. Every time I've watched him play in pre-scouts and everything else. So having him on the ice and a guy that can do both, score and a stick up for his teammates, huge. If it's just somebody that's just out there just to fight, that's way past the game. But somebody that competes, plays hard, uh, can put the puck in the net once in a while, fill some other roles on your team, great leadership, good person, then I do, there's definitely room. Stan, your thoughts? Well, I agree with what Ian said. I think uh, in the past, uh, there's been lots of really good, talented players that maybe didn't get an opportunity that they will in today's game because of the high skill level and how fast the game's being played. And there's just, um, you need guys that can do both. And, uh, you know, I just look at the Oilers the last uh, few years with with Vander Kane on their team. Uh, You know, he kind of adds that element, uh, you know, he played through injury obviously last year but especially when he was first there I mean he had everything for the boys he was finishing and uh, you know sticking up for his teammates and just letting the other team know that uh, you know if if you do something that's not appropriate there's going to be action taken that's important yeah Al May uh, and did you guys both play against Al at one time? I, I know yeah. you you for sure were Ian played. You play against Al as well at some point during uh, junior. No, but I was at camp with him in Kamloops one year, and uh, he was a pretty scary individual. Yeah. So, Ian uh, Al May brought up a delineation. You know, because what happen what happens in these situations with these contracts is the writers that put some time in, and many of them are analytically driven. Would sit there and look. Well, look what happened with David Clarkson. And look what happened with with Milan Lucic. And Al had a clear delineation between Clarkson and Lucic. He thought Lucic was a way better player and deserved the money more. And that's how he sees Wilson. Um, you coached with four, you know, on Tom McClellan's staff with Milan Lucic. There was a drop off in year two of that. He didn't seem to have the same, you know, touch and. Uh, twitch around the net in terms of putting pucks in and kind of lost his game a little bit offensively. What do you what do you think happened there with Milan? Because he don't he's he's got another contract and he can still fight. We know that he's still tough as nails. Well, with Luch Wilson, both guys had uh, Stanley Cup experience. Both had won Stanley Cups. Uh, so coming in, having somebody that's gone through the grind of playoffs is a huge, huge asset. Uh, Luch came into camp great shape. Got opportunities. He's playing with Connor a lot on that first year on his wing, on the power play, which helped obviously generate a few of his points. Um, And just everybody's going to slowly start dropping off as the age goes and how hard he plays and how hard he competes. It's a little bit more wear and tear than maybe somebody that's not banging and mucking net front and in the corners and, you know, throwing a few punches in that too. So it happens to all of us. Unfortunately, to sign these guys, sometimes you got to put that length on it. Yeah, uh, were you surprised at all last year when he dropped? Uh, uh, it was funny because when Connor McDavid was a kid, they said, "Who's the ideal player for you to play with?" And he said, "Some people have told me Milan Lucic," and he ended up playing with Milan Lucic. Uh, but then uh, Connor McDavid's protector in junior was a guy named Curtis McDermott, who you guys both know well, and Lucic dropped him last year. Like, uh, and that's the pro- that some guys are in the league are like. 
I know Jerry Johansson. See, I told you, Stoff Lucha still got it. I mean, he 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 does hit hard, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, very physical, very tough player, and that great straight lines, um, and not afraid to get into it. So, still, even with his age and maybe his skills deteriorating, he's still a very, very tough man. All right. So, Stan, as the Jim and Golden Bears program, you don't look for guys that were fighters in junior. Uh, but if you're laughing already, I'm going to think back to when Rob Dom was coaching the team. Uh, he publicly stated that the at that time the CIS needed to uh, have fighting being brought back into hockey at the university level. But the problem was that it was too dirty, it was too cheap. There was too many five foot ten, five foot eleven, stick tough guys running around with zero accountability on the ice. Bob McCowan at that time was the preeminent uh, radio voice in this country out of Toronto. He basically called Rob a complete idiot for saying that, um, and a Neanderthal. And then he had Rob on the show, and Rob presented his, you know, he said, hey, I've got the least penalized team in the country, the highest scoring team in the country, but the, unfortunately the officials can't see all the crap that happens on the ice. You've been the GM of that Golden Bears program for the last decade. I don't think it's as physical now as, as it was when you two guys played. Nowhere near as physical as the early 90s. But... I don't think it'll ever get walked back. Could it? Does it need to, or is the game kind of even changed since you know, fifteen, seventeen years ago, since Dahmer was coaching the Golden Bears? Yeah, the game's changed. I mean, um, obviously, you want to look for that compete in players. Uh, it's very, very important. But I, I don't think. Uh, you know, fighting, if you go to a Western Hockey League game now and, you know, you're lucky if you see a fight. I mean, I don't mean lucky, but... Oh, no, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that aspect of it, you know, two young men sticking up for their teammates. But As long as they're willing combatants, right? Sure, sure, and no one's getting hurt. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think the game's changed so much that it's it's about speed. It's And the one thing that's happened in our league, which is really good, and a lot of this was spearheaded by, by Ian, is um, we're really reviewing a lot of plays that weren't maybe being reviewed when when Dahmer was in the league. So um, if there's an intent to injure or a a high stick, it gets reviewed and um, players uh, can be suspended from that. So I think it's uh, managed to keep the players in check better. And uh, we also have, you know, rules in regards to how many hits to the head, um, you know, players give out and there's suspensions along with that. So it just makes them cognizant of the way they're playing, uh, that they have to control their stick and they have to, you know, you can't be going around um, giving people cheap shots because you're eventually going to be out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, we're joined by Stan Marple, the general manager of the Alberta Golden Bears. Ian Herbers is the head coach. Uh, Ian had a light team. When you were in junior, like, how many guys did you have in your team, some of those teams that could end up drop like was the whole team capable of doing it even the guys that were 160 pounds yeah exactly everybody was tough everybody could stick up for themselves um there was a number of goal scorers that were very tough in the league uh so who, it, during your time in major junior who was the toughest guy that you think you probably played against Oof, that's there's a ton of them um obviously Barubis, ewans pochecks uh, mansons Baumgartners, uh Pazines, uh grimson uh, Audger, Sheveldayoff, those guys were tough, and Brandon. Clark. <laughs> uh, so just on and on. There was two or three guys on every team. Was there, uh, I'm going to ask you both this before we get specific to the U of A, uh, was there a guy that you came across, you were surprised, uh, Stan, during your developmental years, and, and how old are you now, about 52, 50, no, you're 55. 55. So we're almost at the same vintage, but was there a, a, a couple players you thought were going to be, you know, 
NHL locks that didn't pan out that way? And Or conversely, is there a player that maybe surprised you to have the career that they ended up having? You know, I I just I go back to the compete aspect of it, and sometimes when you're young, you know, you mature quicker than others. Sometimes uh, players take a little longer to mature, and it's just that uh, persistent and and continual co- compete. You know, like I look at a guy like Ty Domi and throughout his career, what he did as you know as a tough player and the size of the man. Guys like I always looked up to guys like that. Wendell Clark, who wasn't an overly huge guy, but could man, score, did he could hit hard everything. though? He, he punched hard too. <laughs> Well, and it just his body checks, he could do everything, you know. I think Ian told me when he played against him in junior, he actually played defense. And, you know, just yeah. so have that ability. It was just all about compete, right? So I think uh, that's something we still look forward for as well. But uh, I think uh, the skill set and the skating ability in today's game is, is more relevant, more important, and I think it offers a better game as well. All right, Ian, for you, anybody you're surprised made it? And conversely, I know we talked about a guy a couple of years ago, Ago, yeah. that Todd McClellan and Mike. I asked Mike the question in New York or in Toronto. Uh, what was the player's name again? Dwayne Hutton. Dwayne Hutton, and he was a Washington pick. And I know Babs was just like, "Wow, where?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah you're in Todd McClellan as well." That Dwayne Hutton was the guy of your age group. Well, I played with Joe Sackick as well in Swift Current, and obviously, very talented, very skilled hockey Hall of Fame, Stanley Cup winner, everything else. Uh, Dwayne had that skill, but also had the speed and the toughness. He was six six one and solid, and could yeah. fight and play in the hard areas and do everything else. It just, I guess, he didn't have the toolbox to hold all those tools and just couldn't put it all together. But um, the, the guy like that, he should be a hockey hall of famer, a multi Stanley Cup champion, and yeah, and stuff. So. D- Dahmer told me a story about Joe Sackick. He's because Rob was in Swift uh, at the time that Sheldon was there, and uh, and obviously uh, Graham James and Dahmer told me the year he had he had the three kids in t- in the two seasons that he was there. So he was busy. He was you know busy being a parent and coaching. Uh, he said that the at one time the Swift Current scouts were not sold that Joe Sackick was going to be good enough to play in the Western Hockey League. I think that probably was picked up by Lethbridge when we moved over, so I think that's just before yeah. the organization yeah. switched over. So I've heard that story as well. Obviously, I didn't deal with the scouts. Because the guy was... Uh, <laughs> well, I grew up playing midget in Kamloops, and we had to play against Burnaby Winter Club, and we, we had Mark Recchi on our team, but at that time, Joe Sackick was far far ahead of him in regards to yeah. you know being touted or whatever as a talent. But uh, two guys that... Uh, Really had great careers there. As well. All right. And well, we're really we, good people. Yeah, good, Joe good. and Mark are fantastic yeah. guys. Yeah. Well, Mark did your guys' event a few years ago. I remember the, he's got some funny stories. Yeah, uh, we still keep in touch. He's just, he's one of those guys. He had a lot of success, but it never went to his head. He's just like, like we were playing midget together. <laughs> All right. Well, the Golden Bears hockey program's had a lot of success. Uh, they've not won a national championship since 2018. I'm, I'm sure that frustrates you a little. Of course, there was no season in 1920. Uh, or no, 20, there was no championship in 1920 and then no season in 2021. You've been to the last two. Uh, we're going to talk about the challenges of uh, continuously competing at the elite level, uh, where hockey fits in the landscape of an uh, overall athletics department, um, and the challenges of recruiting when we come back with uh, Stan Marple and Ian Herbers. It's 119 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, 122 at Edmonton. Uh, our headliners today for Wilhock Beef Jerky, it's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. 
Ian Herbers and Stan Marple from Golden Bears Hockey. All right, guys, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit here. Uh, you ended up in the national. Ch- I don't know if people thought this was the year that you were going to end up in the national championship final. I think a, lot, a year ago, when you had Noah Philp and you're a little bit deeper, I think everybody thought you were the prohibitive favorite. And uh, two years in a row, you went way out east. Um, in the 2022 Nationals, I think you won your first two games, 7 nothing, 7-3, 5-4 double overtime loss to UQTR. You outshot them 70-40. This year, uh, Stan, who'd you guys play in the first game? Uh, we played right. Hold on. Hey, Bob, turn those buttons on. All right. Thanks, Brendan. Got it. Okay, go. Yeah, we played Ryerson first game. Yeah. And and you pounded them pretty good, right? Yeah. Windsor. Sorry, Windsor. Yep, my apologies. So Windsor, and it was seven nothing? Six one. Six one. And you were up like three or four nothing in the first or something, weren't you? Yeah, we're up uh, four nothing. We we had a five minute power play. Hughes got uh, a good a good hard hit. Uh, when, he, players, when he didn't have the puck. Yeah, and so he <laughs> was out. And we, our power play just went bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And we were up three nothing before the game even started. Yeah. And then you guys played Prince Edward Island. So. A year ago, you played Acadia was the host, and you beat Acadia seven nothing. And then this year, Prince Edward Island was the host. Was it four nothing or four one or whatever? Stan, four one final, yeah. And uh, and they gooned your goalie at the end of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting game. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be politically sensitive here, Stan. If you're on the ice, what okay, would you do? Let me put it this way: I after watching the first two periods. It was like uh, I, you know, just finished uh, playing a game in 1987 or something like that. It was, it was really bad. Like they were running around. Oh, and the stick work was terrible. Problem was we scored six, seven seconds right in opening face off back. Fontaine drives it in over to I can't remember who the, who it was in back of the net, maybe Prokes or somebody like that. And yeah. Then all of a sudden you could see a switch turn over on their head, and there's no way they can play with us, so they had to do what they had to. And and it, it got a little nasty, is what you're saying. So yeah, yeah. Now you end up playing three games in three days, and UNB. I think it's fair to say UNB's got the program that has got as much talent as you guys. Is that absolutely? Uh, is that fair? Like absolutely. You know, very like, good program. Yeah, you know, and it's um, it's funny because uh, in 29, 20. 18, yeah. Was it 2018 was in Lethbridge? You yeah. lost to UNB, and Luke Philp got hurt early in that in game. The he was first player- five minutes of the game, yeah. and he was the key. He ran our power player penalty kill. And- but was the player of the year in the country that yeah. year. So, And then our goalie yeah. wasn't that great that game either. So with that comp- combination of the two wasn't... So, and Luke Philp and your goalie, Zach Sachenko, have both gone on to play in the National Hockey League. So obviously, you're doing something right there, but... <laughs> Uh, were you uh, surprised, by the way, that Noah Phelps, Stan, had the success that he did? He finished top 10 in even strength goals last year in the AHL. Not at all. Um, he's very smart player. He's got great hands, a good release. Uh, he's a student of the game. He works very hard uh, at his craft and uh, just a good attitude, good hardworking kid, and good size, six foot three. Um, I wasn't surprised at all that he did as well as he did. He had gone through a very... You wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. Very difficult personal challenges at this time. He's not planned to return to, to Bakersfield. The Oilers have retained his rights as a restricted free agent. If Luke or if Noah decides to to play hockey again, and you were the first, you you tipped me off. I mean, you'd coached with Milwaukee, Nashville's farm team in the AHL as a head coach, uh, and then obviously in the NHL, you said this guy's got a chance to play. What was it about him that you liked? 
Well, A, size, which you can't teach. Uh, right shot, the other part, playing center, which everybody's looking for right-handed, big centerman. Um, the only thing he was missing was the explosiveness. He had the skill and the, the compete and uh, the attitude where he was the first guy at practice, last guy off, and just working on his skill and his craft all day long and just loved the game and passion for the game. Every time he was on the ice, just a big smile and, and wanted to be out there, be with his teammates and play and, and get and get better. So when you have guys like that, they'll go along. Yeah. We got to, you know, and we'll see if he elects to play hockey again at some point. Maybe he's just decided to move on with his life. And again, there's a lot going on there. Uh, Stan, uh, we're, uh, we don't have, a, we got about a minute here before we're going to go to the news update. Um, part of your job is recruiting. How much more difficult? What used to happen is Alberta used to get the best guys that, you know, weren't going in on NHL, AHL deals. Uh, now there's two more teams in the NHL, two more American League teams, and I think that's kind of cut. Is, do you think that's a fair? Pers- I'm not giving you a free pass on the recruiting, but is that a fair perception to have? Yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing too is um, uh, NHL teams are recognizing uh, the talent and skill level of a lot of the 20 year olds that have really good years, and they're getting more opportunities. There's more two year AHL deals being right. handed out uh, in the last two years than I've ever seen. That's right. Yeah, and when uh, I first came, Bob, I don't remember ever a two year AHL deal. For a player. Yeah, now it's just always a one year, so guys would want to keep their school package from the Western Hockey League and, and not take that chance. So, Owen Peterson and uh, Connor McLennan of the Winnipeg Ice, I mean, McLennan was like a 45 goal 90 point guy he got a two-year uh deal with uh where'd he go chicago that's a that's an experience like uh, chicago's a pro that's a pro ahl team and what about uh did peterson get a two-year one with providence Boston? yeah with, with providence Bo- yeah with yeah. providence and then we yeah. also have fiddler schultz who signed with rochester and those were yeah. three of the guys that you targeted they all ended yeah. up getting a two-year deal two of them accepted their offer so you never know uh Maybe at Christmas time, if they're not happy where they're at, they'll reconsider. Yeah, and then, or maybe the youth sports has to change the rules a little bit. Well, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back. It's 128 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.